In the race to success, we're not all starting from the same place. Level the Pursuit seeks to fill in the gaps and provide accessible, bite-sized leadership lessons for anyone looking to improve their skills and prepare for the next step, whatever that might be. Welcome back, my friends. I hope that you had an absolutely fantastic week and that you enjoyed our discussion with Kelly Imey last week. I thought it was really good. So today we are joined by Jeremy Herriter. And this guy, I mean, y'all know I like to find people that have an interesting story and have done some cool things uh, because I love to surround myself with people that that have a cool story. And this guy is up there. Uh, He has done just a little bit of everything. He is an amazing athlete, and we're going to talk about that today. But really, he has just shown again and again and again that if you want something bad enough, you can use all of the tools at your disposal to accomplish your goals. And obviously, there's going to be things that are just not possible for some of us. You know, I'm never going to be an Olympic sprinter. I recognize that. But within the realm of our capabilities and what we're willing to work for, it's amazing what we can accomplish. So today, we're going to hear a little bit about his journey and how he helps other people reach their potential. So... Jeremy, thanks so much for being here. Uh, it's such a pleasure to meet you and to have you on the show. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, me too. So let's just dive right in. You have done a lot of cool things, uh, mostly centering around athletic pursuits. Uh, but why don't you just tell us a little bit about kind of that, how that journey went with baseball and CrossFit and all of the things that you've been doing? Okay. So I mean, my mom will tell you from the time I came out of the womb, I, I, I was going to be a baseball player. Uh, it's all I knew as, as a kid. That's all I ever told anybody. So what are you going to be when you grow up? I'm like, I'm going to be a baseball player. And they're like, oh, wow, you're and committed. I was a little kid. I wasn't the most talented kid. You know, I mean, they thought, I mean, it was, the, it was, that was all those like, oh, that's cute. You know? So what are you really going to do? You know, it was like, no, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a baseball player. And, you know, you don't understand that as a, as a, as an, as an adolescent for sure. And then when you get into your teens and, and into high school and, and, you know, it really starts to become, you know, evident if you are or aren't going to, you know what I mean? I, I mean, in the, in, again, in that pursuit, right. Is that you have to figure that out. So, I mean, that's always what I wanted in and, I'll put it to you this way. My mom, so when I had, I have two, I have two girls and when they were young and getting them to go to like practice, no matter what they were, they were competitive cheerleaders and, 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 and tumbling and stuff. And like, and I, and I would ask my mom and be like, mom, how did you get me to go to practice? And she was like, um, what do you mean? I'm like, the girls, like they get home from school and we do a little bit of homework and, you know, they eat a little bit and then it's time to go. And it's like, it's like dragging them, you know, you would think I was asking them to go walk on hot coals or something, you know, like they don't want to do it. And she goes, that was never a problem. And then she goes, from the time you got home from school, you were already in your uniform, ready to go going, Hey, let's go mom. And I'm like, uh, it's three hours away. Like you got out of school at two and <laughs> ready. you don't go till five, like just, you know, and she's like, same thing goes when we pulled up. I couldn't even get the car stopped fast enough. And, and, you know, it was probably still rolling half the time, you know, and there used to be a gate. You wouldn't even wait to go to the gate. You'd just jump over the fence. Like, and so I, I hate to say it. I'm 50 years old today. And that's still the same, today? That same kid, the same guy. Like, today yeah, is your like, birthday? No, it was just, okay. April, just, <laughs> was like, just, oh, just literally just a, a few weeks ago. Oh, well, so, happy birthday. <laughs> thank you. Um, 
But that's still in me, like that pursuit, that love of whatever it is I'm doing, just- So that applies just, to everything. Yeah, that whole full speed is everything. It has never stopped. It has never. And see, baseball was a little different, right? Than, than you know, like the business stuff today, the real estate companies that, that I run and own today is, it's a little bit, it's, it's different, but not the pursuit is not. But baseball, of course, when you're young, I wasn't the kid who made all-star teams. I wasn't the fastest. I wasn't that big kid. I, you wanted me on your team because I was going to be there and I was going to hustle, you know? I mean, and as time goes on, and, and I, I think it's important, there's an important part of my life that, that was a, a paradigm-shifting moment that, that I'll share with your audience is that my 13-year-old year, our team won the championship. And my coach was my best friend's dad, who was also like, a second dad to me. Like I went on vacations with them. I've, I've known the kids since we were in the third grade at that point, you know, you're whatever we're in like the seventh or eighth grade at this point of our lives. I've known him pretty much, you know, most of my life at that point, over half my life. And I thought, Oh, this is the year. Cause the coach, he, the, the winning team, that coach coaches the all-star team. He gets the last two picks on the team. So, you know, and all that stuff, I said, Oh, there's no way he does. You know, we just won the championship. He's like a dad to me. I'm going through all these things. And I had worked up this whole reason why I'm going to make the all-stars this year. My first time ever. I was like, so excited going, I had it all. It was already won. I already saw it. And my name didn't get called that day. And out there in the field, when they do the closing ceremony, it, yeah, it did hurt, but we went to the pizza party after and the team. And, and so, and I was with them staying the night at their house and, you know, we're at this pizza party and everybody's going And And I had a moment where I saw him and I went over to him and I tugged on his shirt and he looked down at me and he said, yes, son. And I said, how come you didn't pick me from all stars? How come I didn't make it? And Mary, I can tell you this. I can, I can see what he's wearing. I know what I was wearing. I could tell you the smells today, the same way it's vivid. And he looked me dead in the eye and he said, because you're not good enough. You weren't good enough. And I know what that sounds like. And if you're a mom or a parent out there, you're going to go crazy, like telling this 13 year old little boy that, you know, he's not good enough. Right. And it crushed me. I'm not going to lie. Let's be very clear. Like it broke my soul. It hurt to the depths of your core. Right. And I, I walked away, went over, ran over to the, to the, to the lady and asked her if I could use their phone. I need to call my mom. She's like, uh, I said, please, please. She hands me the phone. She dials the number. My mom answers. And I said, mom, you need to come get me. She's like, what's going on? I said, please, please, please. I'm begging you, please come get me, come get me, come get me. She's like, fine. I'm on my way. Hung it up. Didn't even go back into where everybody else was. I literally went out the door. I sat on the curb until she got there. Car pulled up. I jumped in. And of course the moment it did, waterworks. I was crying and I was upset, you know, and she's like, what is going on? And I'm like, just go, please just go, please just go. And she's like, uh, I'm not moving this car until you tell me what the heck is going on. And in that moment, I'm like, no, please. And I said, fine. And so I tell her, and of course, just like your response, you know, people can't see us, but you know, you get that like shocking look. She was like, what? Like, and got very upset, right? And she's like, I'm going to go give that kid, you I'm going to go tell, give him a piece of my eye. I said, please don't. I'm already embarrassed. Can we just go? Can we just go? Can we just go? And here's what I'm going to say. In that moment, my mom asked me a question that I don't know if she knew what she was doing that changed my life forever. And so I was upset. She was obviously upset. She was fired up. And I just, just going, go, please don't go in there. Please don't go in there. Right. And she stopped and she said, fine. And it got quiet in the car. And she said, look at me. 
I said, what do you want to do? And the greatest question in the world, because what she was saying was, look, the milk is spilled. You're going to let it just sit there and rot and get and stink, right? That milk is going to start to stink. It's going to get moldy and it's going to sit there. You can just sit in the stink or you can clean it up and, and, and let's go. Right. And so in that moment, I was like, in my head, I was just like, can you, I live in Southern California and the big sporting goods out here in those days was called big five. If if you, wherever you are in the world, um, just imagine a big giant sporting goods store, right. That has everything. And I said, can we go to big five? And literally my mom was like, what you wait, what? Like, you know, you don't want ice cream. You don't want to go get a treat. You don't want to go get, you know, a toy from Toys R Us or, you know what I mean? I was like, uh, can we go there? She said, fine. So we go there. And just like I told you about what he was wearing and what I was wearing, how vivid it is, I can see the sign. So we walk in, we go over to the baseball section. I point, I said, mom, I want that. The sign was yellow. It was on sale for $19.99. I'll never forget it. That yellow sign on sale. And it was a batting tee. And she was like, uh, that's what you want. This is going to appease my broken hearted, poor son right now. Right? Like, this is what you want. She's like 20 bucks. I'm in right. Like, and so she did. And I want to know, I want you to know today, I still have that tea from that day, still to this day in my possession that it carries with me. It doesn't go in moving vans. When I move, it goes with me because it's a symbol. But what I did is from that day forward, I, that day I got home, I went out back and I hit a hundred balls off that tee. And I said, I'm going to hit a hundred balls off this tee every single day. Because one thing is if I'm not good enough, I'm sure as heck going to work. I'm going to work my tail off and try to get to be good enough. And, and I just, and, and no matter what rain or shine, didn't matter if people were going places or anything. Like a lot of my friends would be like, come on, let's go. And I'm like, I got to get these, I got to get this in. Right. There were days when I knew we were doing something as a family or something. And I'd go out, I'd get up before everybody else and I'd go out there. And, I, but here's what I want people to know. And you've, you've heard this saying before, and I, or, you know, you've probably seen memes all over the internet that says we overestimate what we can do in a year and we underestimate what we can do in five or 10. Well, the next year of 14 was not any better, was whatever the same, not much better. 15, I barely make the high school team, sat on the bench. Like I got more water than I got at bats that year, right? Like, um, and so, you know, junior year and by the, but by my senior year, which is 18 years old now, we're talking five years later of, of religiously hitting balls off of that tee and doing, and doing other things as well. I led the state in hitting. I was the MVP of our team. I was an all league player and I got a scholarship to go play baseball. The only kid on that team to get a scholarship and go play college baseball. I mean, someone went to junior college and stuff like that, but to get a scholarship and on to play for the reds and play for the diamondbacks and all those things. Here's a, there's what I want people to understand is this, what he was saying to me in that moment was not that I would never be good enough, but I was not good enough yet. So there's 10 other teams and 20 other teams and 110 or 20 kids in that league and 15 make the all-star team. So even if I was the 16th best kid that year, which is not bad out of 120 kids, you're still not good enough for that team, right? So our lives are shaped. And again, I'm not going to lie. It crushed me. It's still to this day. Like I know, but when I hear that you're not good enough now in my head, it immediately says you're not good enough yet. 
right? Building businesses and building these things. We're not good enough. Okay. We didn't get what we wanted, right? We didn't, our numbers didn't get where they want. Well, we're not good enough yet. What do we got to learn? What do we have to do? Who do we need to hire? Right? Like what are the things? And so that, that paradigm shifting moment as a 13 year old boy and, and just understanding like, all right, I'm not good enough, but I'm going to go work at it until you, I am good enough. And all we, people want me on, you know what I mean? Like, and, and it, and it took longer. I mean, I was a late bloomer. I was a very small kid, but the technique that I learned showed up way later in life to where I got to be that a very cool story is my, my second year in professional baseball. A lot of those kids were still my friends. We grew up together. You know what I mean? And, and into adults, the, the kid I'm talking about, we are still great friends today. Um, we've been in each other's weddings, all these kind of things. And so, and it's, it's, it's crazy because with that seven of those 15 kids that made that all-star team that year all came together to a stadium and bought a ticket and watched me play professional baseball. So at 13, they were the best kids. At 23, they, they all had, you know, other jobs that they weren't even playing anymore. So it's, it's a very important part for all of us to understand. And, and for people to understand is that if you want it bad enough, it's just a matter if you're willing to put in the time and it didn't happen the next year. It didn't happen the next year. It didn't happen the next year. It, it takes time to, you know, and some things come faster, but in this particular instance with that, it, it's, it's understanding that I'm just not good enough yet. And if I'm willing to put in the time, energy, and effort, man, any, I truly believe anything's anything's possible. And I also know this is that, and I want people to get is that the moment you become responsible for your results, the moment that you become accountable, that, that it's nobody else's fault, right? Here's where I was wrong as that kid. And this is, I think what we see a lot in today's society is I was expecting him to pick me because of my relationship, not because of my, not because of my skill, right. not because I have worked at it, not because I have shown the prowess to be and earn the right to be there. It was just because I'm the closest proximity in relationship to him. And, and I think we do that a lot in our lives is that we expect a lot of these things to be given to us because, oh, they should like us. Well, it's not how it works. And, and if you have wonderful people, like I'm very fortunate to have that. If he picks me and I get that, I don't know what, what the return is. Maybe it, maybe I don't play on the team and I go, well, okay, I want to really play harder and I want to learn. You know what I mean? Maybe I don't, I don't know what the truth is. I just know this truth. And, and the fact that he was honest with me to tell me, you know, those words. And again, later in life, again, at a professional baseball game and after and getting to see those guys and see them, you know, and you, it's fun, right? You get to sign autographs and you get to see, and these guys get to see you in this, in this world where you're like, this pseudo celebrity or whatever in this <laughs> small town that you're in. Uh, Cause that's how minor league baseball works. But, um, and I thanked him and told him that story. He didn't remember it. He was like, no way I said that to you. And I was like, yeah, you don't remember it. He's like, no. And I was like, yeah, you were wearing those blue shorts and you had this. And he was like, what? And he was so appalled. He was so apologetic. 
And I had to just grab him and hold his hand. And I said, no, I would not be here today if it were not for you in my life, period. But for that moment to let me know that things are not going to be easy. You're not going to just get handed to them because, you know, your dad's the coach, right? Is it your mom's going to go down and get your grade changed from a D to a C so you can be eligible, right? Like, no, that's not how this life works. And, and eventually, and learning that at 13 is a heck of a lot better than learning that at 20, right? It, when, 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 if she would have gone in there and put, gave her a piece of his mind and they would have, you know, somehow, some way let 16 kids on that year, you know what I mean? Or whatever, like that's, that's the problem that we run into. So if you can reframe things into, into ways to see yourself as gaining from that situation of losing or gaining from that situation of somebody telling you you're not good enough. They, that it will literally put you on that pursuit of, of whatever it is. Cause, cause you will be able to use that into the next things in your life. Right. Cause I want to be clear. I didn't come close to my goals in baseball. My goal was to spend 20 years in the big leagues, you know, and be in the hall of fame and, and stand next to, you know, the greatest players in the history of the game and, and be the household name. And no, that never even happened. I get a few years under my belt and, you know, and, and, and whatnot, but I just, I think it's important to understand is that, and then coming to grips with that was another interesting time, right? Is that how do you, how do you come to grips with that? And then the thing is, is that allowing myself to say, oh, wait, I wasn't set on this earth to, to, to be that guy. There's plenty of those guys that there are, those guys are shining bright and, and that's what they're set on earth to do. That's not, that's not my, that's not my destiny. That's not my legacy. And, and, and being able to be okay with that and still putting the same, that same energy that I put in 13 all the way through till that last day. And now taking that energy and putting it somewhere else, not letting that energy die. Very important, right? Is now all of a sudden it's a different pursuit. And do we actually do I use that as fuel and, and still use it? Or do I say, well, that was really my passion and that didn't happen. So I'll, I'll, I'll go with this 60%, right? Like if we can channel it, you know, we just use it again to say, okay, well, let's, let's go figure out what this looks like, you know? So there was, that was awesome. So there's a lot of stuff there though. And there's a few things. So I played basketball in high school and I went to college to play. I did not end up playing in college. It was not a good fit for me. I rode crew for most of college. Okay. But high school basketball, my first year, my freshman year, I barely made the team. I was about the 14th man off the bench. Uh, my coach used to tell me that there was never, I had never met a line I couldn't trip over. Um, I grew very quickly. <laughs> so I was very, very uncoordinated. Uh, but by senior year, I was academic all state and I was an all district, all city player. And, and I remember her taking me aside and saying and telling me that one of the coaches from one of the other big high schools in the area had stopped her to ask where I had come from, where I had transferred in from, uh, because I had I had had a good game, whatever. And and she was so proud to say I'd been working in the program the whole time, mm -hmm. and I was the kid that had a pair of shoes and a basketball in, my, in the trunk of my car all the time. I went to the courts every day. I shot a couple of hundred shots every single day after practice. I you know I was up doing other things, and I was never going to be. The WNBA wasn't really a thing then, and so it was becoming. So I don't know that 
I don't know if there had been some place to go if my if my goals would have been different. Um, but in basketball, it was not in college, it wasn't a good fit for me. And so, you know, I didn't want to ever not enjoy something that I loved so much. So I so I switched gears. But it was a beautiful thing for me, because school was not a challenge for me, I did not have to use all my brain cells in any way. I didn't have to work. And when I got on the court, I had to work mm. all the time, every day. I'm not naturally athletic. I'm not naturally coordinated. I look all right now when I do stuff because I've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. Um, but I'm pretty awkward. So, um, and I can live with that. But one of the things I see in common with both of our stories is that a couple of things. Number one, that we found the thing that we were willing to work that hard for, that we were sure. willing to put in all the extra time and the, the time that we didn't have to give, that's what we wanted. That was a labor of love in a lot of ways. But we also found someone to open the door. Mm. And baseball, I know, you know, we have a 12 year old who plays baseball and with the levels, you know, there's gonna be a team, you know, at least until you get probably to high school and, and playing high school ball obviously is a little different, but in general, you can keep them in for a while because there's gonna be a little league or a Dixie or some, some team that you can get them playing. Sure but it's not going to stay competitive for long. You know, they're going to have to, but in basketball, you know, school is it. So if I make the team, I'm done. And I had a coach who's just like, I think we can probably do something with this. And I, and I love her for it still because, uh, because if she hadn't, there was really no reason. I was not, I was nothing that you wanted on the court that year, but I kept working. And then looking at all of those, the biggest blessing that I see in your story is that you got to see your full potential. And because you are willing to work to it, you actually got to see it. And so many people stop working toward it. They never get to see where they can top off. And maybe it's not at the top, maybe it is next to lateral or starting over or whatever that is. But what an amazing, I, I mean, I think about that in my own life. I don't know what the top is for me yet, but I am so not jealous, but I guess, I'm happy for you that in baseball, you got to experience that, get to see what can you really, really do and do all of it. Like what an amazing blessing that is. Uh, yeah. I mean, I am so, so, so grateful. And in so many different ways, it, it brought me to different countries. I got to meet so many different people and, and I never stopped that the work when no one's watching though, you know, it's the same thing that you said, like, you know, pulling that, those shoes out and that ball out at a court, you know, on, on some playground somewhere, it's the same thing. It's, it's when, <laughs> you know, nobody's asking you to do that, you know, and, and those are the things that I think people need to understand is like, when you're looking at it, it's not just what people are telling you to do like that moment, right? Like, what are you doing outside of that? If this is truly, but yes, it is a, it is an absolute blessing. And you're something that you just said that like, I get this all the time where people are like, oh, well, I was the best player in my, when I was 12, I led the whole little league in home runs. You know what I mean? And it's like a moment where I'm like, and so what happened? What, you know, <laughs> like, oh, it was a coach that didn't like me or, you know, you know, I was running with the wrong crowd. I hear that a lot, right? Like a lot of guys that, 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 that hear the story and want to talk baseball and they're like, Hey, I had the best, you know, and as a, I was an all state player and, you know, I didn't, you know, failed out of college or, you know, they had, there's all of these, these, these little reasons why. And 
I always try to get them to see because when people talk about that, Mary, they when they when they talk about those heydays, their their glory years, I try to reframe it immediately with them. And I say, well, wait a second. The best is yet to come. Like, okay, maybe you didn't get to go on and pursue a baseball career and you didn't get to run on the field in front of 50,000 people and stand there on that line when the national anthem's playing and the, you know, the, here they come the jets over the top, right? Like, yeah, I, I, I'll be honest. Like those are the, some of the most moving, mo- it's weird. Like that national anthem still, when it plays, I get chills. Cause I remember those times, you know, it's like, it's like, wow. Like there's certain, like hitting a home run. Like I can think about hitting a home run against, you know, some very, very, you know, well, and it, it doesn't do anything for me. Like there's no nothing, but like there, like I could be sitting at, you know, <laughs> uh, my, my daughter's game and they play the national anthem and I get the chills. Like it brings me to these crazy moments. But, but when I, <laughs> when I talk to these guys and people ask me, or they say those things, I try to get them to understand. I was like, can I be, and I, and I've said this flat out, like, can I be honest with you? And they're like, yeah, sure. I'm like, those aren't your glory years. That 12 or 15 or 18 year old year. Like, let me just tell you, even the guy that was running on those fields, the guy that, you know, made, you know, now I did make all-star teams. Now I was an all pack 10 infielder, right. With the, you know, I got the big plaques and I got all the, the little cool things to show for it. That guy Dude, he would get crushed in my world today. Like his mentality, the way he thought, the way he acted, you know what I'm saying? Now he was a hard worker. Don't get me wrong, but he would need to learn a lot to get to this seat. He's not, he's not even close to good enough to be here. And the guy that's sitting with you today isn't even close to the guy that who's going to have to be five years from now, or, you know what I mean? Like, I want people to understand the best is yet to come. Like, Stop worrying. The past does not define you and even good or bad, good or bad. How do you take someone who has this moment where they believe this was successful? This was, this is what they're talking about. And then they feel like they've been a failure for the last 10 or 15 or 20 years. How do you help them see that just as that first moment doesn't define them, the last 20 years don't have to define them either. Like, what do you tell them? Yeah, that's great. I, 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 I always try to make it, I always try to tell people like, you know, you've heard the story of the man in the arena, right? Like I want to see the guys, like, I don't want the person to tell me about nutrition that's standing there with a Big Mac in his hand. Like I have zero, like, I, no, thanks. You know, thanks for, you know, you seem great, but no, thank you. Right. Like I, I want the, the guy who tells you, you know, not to buy the house who has never owned real estate before. I'm like, is that really the person you should be listening to? So I'm a man in the arena. My hands got to be dirty. So I only can tell you or help you with the things that my hands are dirty on. And so I try to make them understand or try to get them to understand is that, look, you see the accolades, right? You read a bio, you, whatever, you know, of me that you deem successful. Cause there's a lot of things that are on there that people go, wow, that's a crazy success. And I'm like, that was a massive failure, right? Like for real, like massive, you know, but it looks good on paper. So I try to, I, I try to get them to see, okay, let's, let's move to today and tell me what you want a year from now. Tell me what you want five years from now, because if I can get you to see that and, and again, when I say what you want, okay, let's just, 
let me give you a scenario. Like maybe they say, oh, I want to own my own company or I want to, you know, I want to, I want to have a million dollars in the bank or I want to own 10 properties, what, whatever that number is. Okay. And I love when people have these big ambitions of starting something and owning something or, or being on, like, it's, it's great. Like it, it fires me up, but I literally have them sit. I say, okay, close your eyes for a second. I want you to see yourself in that position. I want you to see yourself in that position. And I don't just want, what does the office look like? Or where are you? What are you wearing? Like literally, what shirt do you have on? What pants do you have on? What type of shoes do you have on? How, how is your hair combed? Or do you know what, do you have a beard? No beard. If it's a girl, I'm like, would you have a necklace on? Are there, are there is your hair up? Is it down? Like I can go deep into what that, because if you can't see that person, if you don't understand, there's no clarity on, on who that person is. It's very hard to create that person because again, the best version of me, right, is still to come. So I have to envision what does that guy look like? What is a guy that owns a multi-million dollar real estate company or is speaking all over the world on Optimal Self and, and, and helping people create the life that they want? Okay, what does that guy do? How does that guy get up in the morning? How does that guy, what does he eat? How, you know, all the things that we, that we take for granted, are actually the things that that will create the habits and behaviors that will get us there. Because we take for granted, oh, we're just going to get up and have breakfast. Yeah, you are. But how does the CEO of a multi-million dollar company, what does he do first? What does she do first? What is the first thing that you do? So if I can get you to, to see it, and here's what's funny, is there are so many times where that conversation Literally, if they'll do it, if they'll take a second and like look, literally tears, you will it will move people to tears because they're like, oh, that's when I know we're on to something, right? And if they don't, and I asked them a question, I was like, okay, what were you wearing? And she says, uh, well, I don't know. I'm in a dress. I, I, and I'm like, okay, it's not here's what I tell them: it's not that important to you. It's not. You think you want this. We're going, you're, you're already going after the wrong goal because this thing has to move you to, you need to know, you need to see it. If they can't see it, they're never going to go after it. They'll never do it. If you can't really believe, if you don't really believe it's possible, (laughs) then there's no way. Why why on the new year's resolutions by January 15th, everybody's off it because it doesn't mean anything to them. The first three weeks of the year are the worst in the gym, but we know by the 22nd, everyone's gone. Uh, So we can do gym's ours again. (laughs) I just got to adjust my times because I'm like, all right, let's try to get there a little early. Yeah. But because it doesn't mean anything to them. They say they want it. We've, we do that all the time. And I'm not trying to tell you, I'm not guilty of it. I am, but I know that, that in those moments of when I realize that, that I, that I'm not in alignment, it's either I jump back in or I say, hold on, I got to refresh this goal. I got, I got to rethink it. This can't, that's, it's, it's not meaningful enough to me. And that's the moment. And I want to, I also want people to understand the difference in, in a couple things too, is that all the accolades that you see the, you know, and I, I mean, obviously baseball and, you know, going to CrossFit and, and getting to the CrossFit games, winning an event, being number one in the world in that moment, right. At an, at an advanced stage of life, like that was this secondary thing that I ever wanted to do. I didn't even want to do it. It just, 
it got introduced to me and it was competitive. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. Right. I was like, what? I get to compete. Like, come on. Like, let me learn. Like it, it, it reinvigorated me in, in the sport aspect, which I loved. Right. And that was part of it. But those are accomplishments. Accomplishments only last a very, they're very short. I mean, goals and attaining the goals, boom, it's, it's gone, right? It's all, what's the next goal? Cause if you're not resetting the goal, if you're not looking for that next, if you're not, if you're not growing yourself, I don't mean, you know, go get this next thing. It has to be the next thing. No, I mean, but if you're not in that growth pattern, you're either growing or dying, but there's another side to this accomplishment. And then there's fulfillment. And I can say never one time in sport ever did I do something that was fulfilling because I didn't know the difference. I didn't know the difference until I was, I opened a gym because I opened a CrossFit gym because we didn't have one around. I was training in my, my buddy's garage. And as we started getting better and competing, it was like, man, we got, we got to, you know, I think more people would want to do this. And it was early on as before, you know, ESPN and had it and all those things. And so it was, it was very, it was in its infancy. And so we went around the country and, and learned from other people that owned the gyms and what they did and how they got it. And so we opened, I opened a gym. And one of the things that we did in there was uh, a weight loss class. We called it the final cut, meaning it's going to be the final cut of your life. We're going to get you, we're going to build you, we're going to build up a, a lifestyle, not a diet. You know, we had the whole thing around it. And so we would do that assessment. The same thing I explained to you that I still do with, with, with people that, that, I mean, I'll do that on the street with somebody that, that visualization one, I will, I, again, I tell people my, my, my producers and even my partners are like, you're giving away all the answers. No one's ever going to pay us what we want. Right. I'm like, who cares? Like, there's always if we more help, questions. Tell yeah, if we help them, questions. don't worry. You know what I mean? So, um, and so we would do an assessment. So I had a whole list, right? Cause we have injuries and making sure their shoulders articulated correctly, make sure they could move to even do the stuff that, that we were programming and had this lady come in and she was about hundred pounds overweight. And we go through the assessment. She signs up and she's like, ah, you know, I want to, I want to lose 80 pounds. I said, okay, great. Right. And we go through the whole thing and go down the list and we check her out and we, and I'm asking her, why is that important to you? And, you know, we do some digger, some digging. And then we do, and then I go, and they, the last thing I do after probably a good 20, 30 minute, you know, assessment is we sit down and we do the visualization and she's the one that I use. I use that as an example, but she's the one that was like, I don't, yeah, I think I'm going to, I think it'd be cool if I had a dress on. I go, okay. I said, I just, and in those points, cause they're about to pay me a lot of money to, to, to be part of this program. I just tell them, I say, look, I don't want to take your money. It's not, it's not fair to you. You're you'll never make it through here. And they're like, what, you know? And she's like, wait, what? I'm like, because it's, it doesn't, that 80 pounds doesn't mean anything to you. If you can't see that girl, it's one, it's, 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 it's this way. You either don't believe you're worthy of being her or you don't believe it's possible. One or the other. Either you don't see yourself as them because you're like, that's impossible, right? And we're never going to do things that are impossible. Or you don't believe you're worthy. You don't believe you deserve that kind of size, beauty, whatever the terms are that you want to wrap around. It doesn't matter, right? And I said, and she's like, but I said, so is there anything in your life that you've ever wanted to do that you couldn't do? And she goes, 
And she gets this mean look on her face and she's like gritting her teeth at me. And she's pissed off that I'm, you know, I mean, I, and I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay with moving you to being pissed at me. And she says, I've never been able to do, excuse my language. She goes, I've never been able to do a fucking pull up. Ever since I was in gym class, I was always the gir girls would be doing it and I could never do it. I was out there in your gym yesterday when I came here and there were girls out there doing pull-ups again. And I, and she was mad. And I was like, yeah, we found I it. was like, <laughs> I was like, so you want to do a pull-up? Yes. I want to do a pull-up. I'm like, awesome. We had a, so we had a wall that we painted with chalk paint. So I said, great. Now you're in. And that's our goal. Our goal is one damn pull-up. I want you to reach up and I want you to pull your ass up over that bar. Agreed? She gives me a hug. She's like, yes. Gives me the biggest hug. Like, tight. And she's like, yeah. I said, get your ass out there. Write it on the wall, right? She writes her name and she literally wrote, do an F apostrophe N pull-up. <laughs> do an F N pull-up. <laughs> I love it. That's a great goal. And so here we go, right? And and so she's been coming in. And so she had some really bad uh, shoulder pain. Uh, and so we had a whole section where we worked on articulation and she worked on, you know, engaging her lats. And we had a whole program just to get her shoulders moving correctly before we ever start pulling a body weight from a bar. You know what I mean? So we, we've been going through it. She's been doing it. She's been, now she's into the assisted side. And by the way, she's in the nutrition program. So she's eating better. And I, cause I would tell her, I'd say, look, if the, if the weight doesn't come off, the pull-up isn't going to happen. You still want to be the chubby girl in class and not be able to do the pull-up or you want to, you know, you want to, do you want to have discipline and it's not way easier? If you weigh less, <laughs> it's way easier to get over the bar. Exactly. The less you weigh, the less you have to lift. That's just <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, here we go. Physics. Like it's so see, So we were roughly, I'm going to say six or seven months in literally she's religious though. She, cause once she got going, she was like, man, this is fun. She was not at her goal. She was down about 50, 60 pounds. And she comes into the night class. I was teaching six. There's a six o'clock and a seven o'clock class. She comes walking in and Mary, she's like skipping, like she's got a little giddy up in her step. And I mean, she's a wonderful soul anyways, but, and she's like, today's the day. And I'm like, what is the day? Like, is it a national day? What is it? National <laughs> cheesecake day? Like every day is a day, right? Like, what are we talking about? She's like, today's the day I do a pull-up. I was like, really? Tell me more. She's like, I feel it. I feel it. I'm feeling good. Today's the day. And I know the workout that's on the board. I know what she's about to go through in the class. I'm thinking, man, she is going to be spent at the end of this thing. There's no, the fatigue alone will, will set her back, especially since she's never done it before. So I said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to, I'm going to warm the class up. It's about a, it's about a 10 minute warm up. I want you to go over into the, into the stretch area and with our bands and all that, I want you to get your shoulders ready. I want you to go through the full shoulder routine and get yourself ready. I want you to don't come over here until you got a little sweat going. Right. So I put the class through and, and I had, you know, I told them, I said, Hey, look, before we start, you know, she wants to do, she wants to try And they're like, yeah, yeah. Right. Everybody, everybody's rooting for each other in those, in, in those environments. Right. So she comes walking over. I don't even know who did it. Somebody cut the music off. They all start gathering around. Now it's like stadium seating, right? Like, and she's like, all right. I said, hey, the floor is yours. She jumps up and grabs onto that bar and she starts and she, you know, you, I see her and I'm like, engage your lats, right? Like, and she's like, I see that little scapula start to pull and she starts pulling. She like little sticking, like right out of the gate. 
she got about halfway and it looks like she shot out of a cannon. I mean, over the top of that bar and she's, her eyes get as big and she drops down. And I mean, the crowd is going nuts, right? Everybody, they're like high five. Oh my God. She runs over. She bear hugs me. You know, that hug where the legs go around. (laughs) Oh, here's the thing, Mary. I'm not even joking. She, she bear hugs me. Everything's around and she drops down. We catch eyes. We're both bawling. Like tears are just calming down. I, I got the, I got the chills right now. Just telling you the story. And she looks, she's like, Oh my God, I did it. I did it. She's like, I got another one. She runs over. She ends up doing like three or four more. Oh, and so I awesome. mean, everybody's high-fiving, everybody's hugging, like all these things. Right. And so we go through the class and I mean, it's just incredible energy you can imagine. Right. And so that's six o'clock. I still got to teach the seven o'clock. And then at night, everybody leaves and I shut down, right? Do make sure everything's cleaned up, ready for the, the cleaning crew to come in and mop and do all that. And then I do the reconcile, right? I sit at the computer. How many did we see today? Do we sell any shirts? Like all the business stuff usually takes me probably like an hour or two, depending on the night. And so you're talking now we're getting into that nine and 10 o'clock hour and I'm sitting there and this is something I did every day for years, you know, and I'm on fire. Like my, my inside, I mean, I am just like my posture, like every part of me, I'm like, and so I'm a journaler and I'm like, what is, I'm like, and so I start writing, like, this is what I'm feeling. I'm like, my, my, I feel incredible. And it hits me. I'm like, I am still reeling from her success, right? Seeing her do something. Cause I'm flashing back to the moment she sat in that chair and she can't visualize herself. And, and, you know, as, as, you know, 80 pounds down and she's just like, you know, and all these things that are going through my head. And, and listen, we, it goes, cause after that, that first night, you talk six, seven months later to stay with it. It's the mundane, it's the, it's the stuff that you don't want to do. It's still, Oh God, I got to go to the gym. I'm going to go to the gym again. Okay. You know what I mean? Like it's still keeping yourself going and, and, and motivated and, and figuring out. And in that moment, Mary is a moment that I realized. And so here's the, here's the real serendipitous portion of this, of this, of this story is that on that same wall, I had wrote 500 pound deadlift, Right. 181 pounds is what I weighed and I wanted to do, you know, two and a half pounds or tied your body weight, put you in this elite, like master level, you know, like up in, up in the echelon and true story that I, I train in the afternoon. Cause I would do real estate all morning. I would train in the afternoon and then I would teach all, and then I would run the gym at night. And, and so that same afternoon with my group of guys that we would train with, I pulled 500 pounds off the ground and Literally, we were high-fiving, chest bumping, all you know, the bro sesh. We were like, yeah, you know. And it took me about eight seconds to come down from that, walk over to the wall, cross out 500 and put 550, right? And I didn't even think about it again. It wasn't like I walked around going, hey, I lifted five, right? And, and with her and seeing that, that is the difference that I hope everybody hears to go back to where we started to re- is accomplishment and fulfillment are different. Mm -hmm. And that afternoon I accomplished a goal of mine, 500 pounds. Right. But the fulfillment was taking my knowledge, taking something that I learned and applying it to somebody else and letting them achieve a goal. 
helping them get what they wanted, something that meant something to them. And those are the difference makers in our lives. And I, it, I realized it in that moment. And from that moment on, I was like, I want to, I mean, and I loved the gym. I loved teaching. I love coaching. I loved, you know, even in, in what's, what's crazy about that is moving into the, the management positions of what I do today, not being in real estate, like as a real tour. I, I mean, I still do for, for the people, but it's because I love the coaching aspect. It's because I wanted to be able to lead and, and help people and build people up and use the things that, that again, were given to me as well. I have plenty of, of people and not just mentors, but books, like the book can be your mentor. Absolutely. We are so fortunate today with YouTube. I get, I mean, you, we, we get to watch and listen to, to guys like Jim Rohn or Zig Ziglar that are no longer with us that, you know, are, you can still learn from and hear. And, and those are the things that today I, I'm like, when people are like, Oh, this is tough. Or I don't know where to start. I'm like, you're just, there's a difference because you're looking for resources when you just got to be resourceful, like go get it. There's opera, man, there's so many things that, that you can get and do. And those are the things that I'm like, for me, when I talk about CrossFit, like I was literally doing it in a garage and we would go in and watch YouTube videos and then I'd go out to the garage because we didn't have we didn't have Wi-Fi and all that out there. Like, so we'd go in the house and watch a YouTube video of these guys doing these movements. And then we'd write down things that they said and we'd go out to the garage and mimic it and, and try to learn it and, and, and do it. Right. And from a time when I couldn't do a clean, a jerk, a snatch, you name it, like I didn't even know how to spell. I didn't even, I thought they were joking when they said those names in there. I was like, is that, is that a real thing? <laughs> That's not <laughs> a real thing. Come they're on. like, it's in the Come Olympics. <laughs> they're like, it's in the Olympics. Where have you been? Like, <laughs> you're an athlete. I was like, oh my God, I've never, not you know, like, <laughs> right. It's like, holy cow. And now, and then to be in the CrossFit, you know, in three years later, be in the CrossFit games and winning events. It's like, it's, those are the things like, are you willing to do it? It's in, it's really not as hard as people think. It's consistency, right? It's consistency and, and, and a little bit of discipline to your goal, staying in alignment with your goal, being 100% committed to it. She was not going to be 100% committed to losing 80 pounds. She wasn't. She wasn't. She would have she fallen off easy. Do you know how much easier it was for her to, to, to say when you go to sit down with your girlfriends for lunch and, you know, the cheesecake comes out at the end and, and she's like, no, I'm trying to, I'm trying to learn. I'm going to do a pull-up. Like she's convicted, right? If she was like, oh, I'm going to lose weight. They're like, oh, one bite won't matter. But when she says, I'm going to do a pull-up, they're all like, what? Yeah. I'm going to pull my ass up over that bar. And if I eat that, I'm that much farther away from my goal. It, it's such an amazing you know, full circle when, when it actually means something to you and how much easier it is to make decisions when you are clear on that. Right. Cause people don't lack motivation. She didn't lack motivation. She lacked clarity. When she got the clarity, she's motivated as heck mm-hmm. she, and making decisions is easy at that point because it's not in alignment with what I want to do. So no, I don't do that. that. That's easy. It's an easy, it's an easy choice. No, nope, no, thank you. That's, that's a really great perspective. Now, from an athletic standpoint, though, 
I think, so I compete in, in bikini and um, I'm not any good. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. You I'm said getting... that about basketball. You said that like, come on. Like, I don't think a... any of us listening are believing that anymore. Just so I, you know. So, but my first competition, I did my first competition when I was like 41 years old mm, and I had wanted to forever. And I got a coach and he was like, there's no way you're going to be ready. And I said, I know but I'm determined to get on that stage. If I don't do it, I'll never do it. I need to set a goal and do it and just take my licks. And so I did, and I was, I came in dead last in two of the three divisions that I was in. (laughs) And, and it was, and it was obvious why, like I didn't, um, I was, the conditioning required is, is pretty, you know, it's pretty lean. And, and I looked like, a pretty girl in a bikini. Like I, I didn't, I didn't look like a bikini competitor. Um, but I did one more show that year and I did a couple the, uh, the following year. And I just, I got a little bit better each time and the actual, the actual appearance that I brought and the actual, the medals, like I got a couple of medals and you're exactly right. Mean the mean nothing to me. Um, the, the doing better in, in each one mattered a little bit to me. But the fact that I, you know, I was, you know, they say girls come in two flavors. They're, they're pretty girls or smart girls in high school. I was absolutely a smart girl. I did not think of myself as a pretty girl. That was not my identity. So having myself be judged a hundred percent on my appearance, you know, in a bikini, no less, uh, was, was huge. And the, and discipline's never been a problem, but the discipline to eat and, and with, and not be able to, to have fun with your friends and go out and drink beers and do all the things that you want to do and having to amend your lifestyle in order to do this is, it is lifestyle changing. I mean, it is, it is all encompassing, especially when you get closer to competition. So it it definitely, um, the, the challenge and the discipline and the putting myself out there, uh, absolutely did make a difference. And, and I feel, I feel emotional fulfillment from making myself vulnerable and, and mm. taking my licks and getting out there and trying something new and being brave, brave enough to suck at something new. And I really, I'm grateful for that opportunity to, to have gotten to do that. But one of the things you said earlier, when we were talking about all-stars is one of the hardest things about the competitions is it really matters who shows up (laughs) because you can be amazing. You can be spot on. And if five girls show up that look better than you, (laughs) then then that you're done, right? You're not because top five is usually with it, but you can have some competitions where it's just, it's a competition that just is the competition just isn't as as stiff. Um, There's you know, the girls are just not as lean or they're not quite what the judges are looking for. And you could do really, really well, even sure. if you didn't bring your best package. So it's a great opportunity to realize you can have to bring your, and that's true of any sport, but I really feel it in this more than I did when I was playing team sports and things like that is all I can do is bring my best. Mm. That, that's it. And I have no control over what happens with that. And I have no control over what the judges say and who shows up. And if I get a medal or not, but I do have control over walking out there like a winner mm-hmm. and smiling my best smile and having fun and enjoying all of the, the process. Absolutely. And so that's been a, that's been a huge lesson to me. Um, the medals are, I'm not going to lie, like doing lower 
helps if you get a medal for it. Like getting fourth is not bad when you get a medal, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, but my husband and I joke because I'm, I think I'm going to keep doing it till I can win a sword. I got, I really want to win <laughs> or maybe an ax. Some of them give you an ax. So I, I think that's really my goal oh, is to get awesome. a sword. Oh. Um, but it is interesting to, because it is an athletic pursuit, but I 100% agree that the medals are such a small part of why I feel accomplished when I get off the stage and I, I'm not terrible, but it's, it's, it's something that you have to do. For, I mean, the best people do it for your genetic, obviously genetics make a difference. They do in, in the sports that you played as well. Yeah, for um, sure. But you know, this is something that to have the development that they want to look the way they want, it takes years. And, um, and I'm still deciding how I feel about that and, and what I want to go for for that. But sure. Um, but it's an interesting it's an interesting perspective to get out there and be like, all right, here we go. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a really cool perspective. I think um, I heard uh, she's an Olympic athlete. She's a, a sprinter and a long jumper. And forgive me, I forgot her name, but her story. But but uh, but she said a lot of like what you're saying. She said, you know we trained three and a half years, right. For this, for this Olympics, right. Like three and a half years. Yeah. There's some little competitions here or there. She said, but what most people don't understand is, is not, is not the athletic pursuit or jumping farther than anyone else or running faster than anyone else. Like that's, yeah, that's the goal and getting better. She said, the truth is on the block in that day because it's the most vulnerable you can be in your life because there's nowhere to hide. There's nowhere to go. And so again, the mindset that it takes to just say, okay. And, and, and I'll take the long jump for instance, cause that's what she was talking about. She's like, they told me I would never be a long jumper. I don't have long enough legs. These girls, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's a certain body type that it is. And which I understood, right? Because they used to say like, oh, you're, you know, you're not the right size for this. And you're like, well, what? I don't even know what that means. Like, <laughs> you know, and they're like the best in the world. Look, this is what they look like. Right. And so, but she said, what I was telling, what I knew is that I was faster than all of those girls. So when I stand on that, there is not a single girl that does the long jump in the world. Now, all countries in the world, that's faster than me to there. Right. And so I've got to get the, uh, the rest I got to get down and I got to get, but I've got to be the fastest and I've got to have it down. She said, so when I'm standing on that block and I'm making that jump, it's not like, oh, I want to go out and jump them. She's like, all I focus on is what I do. Well, I'm the best in the world. I am the fastest in the world to that jumping spot. So in that moment, she's not thinking about the crowd. She's not thinking about winning a gold medal. She's not thinking about beating other girls. She's like, Let's go be the fastest to there and see what happens. Let's just go do again. It's what she does the best. It's not like, okay, you're not very good at the takeoff. So make sure you get a perfect takeoff. Make sure you reach your arm. She's like, no, that's not the shit I'm good at. Like, I, I'm, I'm proficient enough to, to make the Olympics for Christ's sake. So <laughs> she's, you know, I mean, it's pretty good. I, as a matter of fact, she won a gold medal, but she knew what she was the, she knew where she excelled, which was in the speed to there. So she would not worry about that. Get good at it. Practice that for three and a half years. Yes. But I'm not worried about the things that, that I can't control. What I can control is being the fastest girl to that block. And it's a lot of what you just said. And I, that's what I want people out there to understand is that 
you, you, that, but that, that judgment, that is subjective. That's somebody's opinion. You just said it. If you have what they're looking for that day, <laughs> because three months from now at a different competition, they might be looking for something else, right? It's, it's, it's literally people's opinions, which is fine. It's, it's, it's the way it is. And, and we have to adapt to it. But what you said, what I loved and, and I can resonate with was that in that moment, in leading, even leading up to, I can control what I can control, which is I control how I eat. I control how I train. I control how I walk out there. I control my attitude while I'm there. I can control, you know, you, those are the things like, and you're like, all right, here's what is, I don't know what's going to happen at the end. I don't know if they're going to call my name last. I don't, I hope they do. Right. I hope I'm the last name they call. That would be fantastic. Right. And so those that don't are, are watching because they go fifth, fourth, third, they, they, right. They, they, they say the first, well, you don't want your name called first. Like, no, in, no. In those, I can tell you it's not fun. Please don't say my <laughs> name right now. It's like when you're right. that low, a lot of times they don't even call your name. They don't even uh, let you come back up. They're just like, they're just like the people uh, behind, okay. <laughs> everyone behind the stage. Don't worry about them. They're eating donuts. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. And so, but, but again, not being in control of that, but I, I am going to control how I feel and how I walk on here and what I do and how I present, like all of that is a hundred percent in my control. And I just hope people, you know, again, in real life, right. When we're out there doing the things, like sometimes we get caught up in, in the metrics of it. We get caught up in, in, in the things that we can't control. You know, one of the things that we teach all the time at Optimal Self is I, yes, we need a goal. But when we start talking about the daily activities, like for you, I want to win, win the competition, or at least I want to place in the competition. Okay, great. That's the, that is the, the outside goal that's over here. But now what we do is we break it down. So what do I got to do today? Well, that means today I got to weigh my food. I got to make sure it's measured. I got to get to the gym. I got to do my fasted cardio. I got to do like, you just go through the, now I got to get to the processes in. So this, if I don't do this today, there's no chance of that happening. But see, that's easy, right? In, 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 the, in the world of sport and, and people see that because there's a, but how do we do that in our, in, our, in our everyday life, right? How do we do that? And so what we teach or what I teach is I, I want to make our goals activity-based, not result-based because results, and I'll give you, for instance, sales, and you got to be making sales calls and you got to be talking to people, right? And you got to get people into your pipeline so that they'll someday, you know, purchase from you is that you might make your 20 calls today and nothing happen. And it might happen again tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Right. And then you're like, oh, this isn't working. I'm terrible. I'm saying the wrong thing. Um, you know what I mean? Like, and again, you, you do need to assess and adjust it, it, it from time to time. But it's not, it's, 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 let's go. It's the same thing. If you went and sat down right now and did, you know, 50 sit-ups and then go check your abs every time to see if you had a six pack, you're like, that's never going to happen. But yet in, in life, we expect that, right? We, we do those things to ourselves. So I think it's called good arts light when, when they say that the, when the metric becomes the, the obsession is when it no longer become, or becomes the goal. It's no longer because it's like school, right? School is so bad for us and, and, and forgive me, I'm not, I don't mean the education, whatever, but because we, because we learn that we need a good grade, we don't actually learn the material. We're not there to actually consume and understand the material. We're more importantly, like, I don't care about that. Did I get a good grade? Like, like, did I do it right? So I got a grade, right? We teach ourselves, same thing. I'm going to lose weight. Well, if you're standing there looking at the scale, you'll do it to make the scale drop in unhealthy ways. 
But if I can get you to understand, no, no, let's be healthy. Let's and let's learn. Let's, those are the things that, that matter, right? Those are the things that you're going to be able to take with you that you're going to be able to use in other aspects of your life. You know, my, I say this every day. My favorite line is how you are here is how you are everywhere. So look at your life and look at the spots where you're not excelling or you're not doing your best. Well, how you are here is how you are everywhere. You're only as good as that person. And so how do we adjust that moment? How do we get better at that? And everything else will fall into place. It literally falls. I mean, if, if you, if you stay consistent, right. But, that is a, that's an awesome, um, you're kind of paraphrasing Aristotle a little bit. Um, <laughs> we are what we repeatedly do. So excellence yeah. is, a, is an, not an act, but yeah, a habit. Very true. Um, I love it. I love it. I think that's a great way of looking at it because it's so easy to forget to practice the way you want to play. And, um, <laughs> And so I, I, th I think that's a great, that's a great way of looking at it and kind of reminding people in a little bit more, um, a little more pointed language, maybe, you know, especially <laughs> if someone's doing something that's not so great and they know it, sure. you know, this is, yeah. this is how, who you are. And I, I think that's really true of other people as well. You know, we feel like people are not straight with us and it's like, well, they are actually showing you the truth. It's you're the yes. one that keeps trying to misinterpret their actions to be a way that you want them to be, but they're actually being pretty consistent. If you pay attention, they're actually trying to show you what they're oh thinking. Oh my gosh. It's so true. Yes. <laughs> so true. <laughs> I, I think that little bit of honesty, um, you know, turning that lens on ourselves on, on others can be um, really, really helpful. But Jeremy, I, I thank you so much for being here. I, I want to know what's your what's your thought to send to my my listeners my my rising leaders that are listening today what would you like to share with them oh that's a great question um i mean there's so many that come to my mind so what i i want them to know that do not let somebody else determine your worth you are the person who gets determined that so don't let the outside influences, I mean, again, and it comes from all different angles, but, but again, nobody can tell you your worth. You're the only person who determines that. And you determine that by your daily actions and your behaviors would ultimately become your habits. So change something you do daily and you can have anything you want in your world. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> So that's been our discussion of how to reach your potential with Jeremy Herriter. He does a ton of stuff, y'all. So if you're interested in learning more about him, check out www.optimalself.today. Um, I also put links to all of his various social media platforms in my show notes. So please take a look at that if you're interested. Um, check it out and see what you can learn because you have potential. We all have potential within us. Sometimes it takes a little kick to get us going, uh, but Never, ever, ever let anybody tell you that you can't do what you want to do. If you're cognitively able, if you're physically able, or if you can find a way to get there, you can do it. See you next time. Thanks again for joining Level the Pursuit. While we can't choose where we start, we can choose our dreams and how we pursue them. Remember, success is a team sport and there's room for all of us to achieve our goals. So be a good leader, be a good follower, and do something creative.